0: Good morning, friends. Welcome to the Messy Sainthood Podcast, Episode 4. This is a podcast for parents that have the desire to raise their children in the Catholic faith and could use some encouragement and direction along the way. I'm your host, Mitzi Moore, and today we are going to be talking about when when a chapter in your life ends and God is calling you to a different path. But first, let us start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and this opportunity to do and listen to this episode. We thank you for your goodness and the blessings that you have bestowed on us. I thank you for your call to this business and for the guidance that you have provided me along the way. I ask that you bring comfort and direction to our listeners who are struggling between career choices and parenting. I ask that you give us all the direction that we need to live out the call that you have for us and that our duty as parents and educators of our children may not be jeopardized in the process. I ask that you please protect the connection and our ability to record this podcast. And we ask that you help us to do your will in all things. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So this is actually my second take at recording I tried so hard to do it yesterday and then have it come out first thing Saturday. But, you know, life happens and I was not able to get that done. So I had a little over an hour recorded that I have to start all over again because I was unable to manage a way that I could edit it. So here we are. And yeah, fun fact, I don't edit my my episodes. I record and then I post. So there you go. All right, I'm going to jump right into this. I have always asked God to lead me where He needs me. And it sounds a little cheesy, but my experience as a confirmation teacher really impacted it really impacted this thought process because I would always tell my confirmation students, and I've talked about this in in previous episodes, but I would always tell them that when we are doing our confirmation, we are making a promise that we are going to be true disciples of Christ and that our time in confirmation is preparing us to make that promise and to live out our faith. So I, whenever I would tell them that I would always just really think like, okay, Mitzi, you have to make sure that you're doing this too. Like, are you asking God to lead you or are you trying to do things on your own? So I, when it comes to work, I definitely have always brought God into the mix. So all this that I share today, they, I do believe that even if there was quite a bit of pain in the process. I do believe that it is necessi- it was necessary to bring me to where I am, so I don't have any regrets for it. And just as a little back note, which is, I think, important to note, right before I entered the place of my last employment, I had actually been fired from that job. And I at the time, I was working for a law firm. And it really besides the fact that nobody likes getting fired it was very hard for me because it was the first job that i had pursued on my own the jobs that i had had before were from you know recommendations from people but this was the first time that i you know really tried to venture out and i really i didn't even last through the probationary period before i got fired so i was very devastated i was very crushed and i felt extremely humiliated. So it was a very hard point in my life. And when I received the job that I recently left or that I had left, um, I was feeling, I didn't really have a lot of confidence coming in because of the experience I had before. However, the boss that I had at the time was very nurturing encouraging and i i genuinely felt like god sent her just for me because she gave me she loved on me and and gave me the confidence that i needed which ultimately would help me really be good with stepping out out of my comfort zone and doing all these different things. So I'm very grateful for that experience. But I essentially worked in different departments and climbed up the ranks. I became a manager. And in all the leaps that I decided to take within the agency, I, I had success. And I think it's because of the supportive environment that I was in. And like i said all of those experiences and the steps that i took really helped shape you know my experience and my expertise today not only that but outside of work and to put it out there i worked in a nonprofit which if you're familiar with the nonprofit nonprofit sector you're not exactly you know living in a in a surplus right you're kind of like just you're just getting comfortably by right and yet that income was able to provide for me and my growing family. So God really blessed us in in that sense. And I really, really loved my job. I have always said that working there, I was there for almost eight years, that working there was, that it was my career, um, which is not something that people often thought very highly of because it was nonprofit. I would sometimes get asked like, oh, so when are you starting your real job? Just because nonprofit sometimes seems to be like a stepping stone to bigger and greater things. And there's a lot of turnover, which is very sad because it's such rewarding work. However, um, I always really kind of stuck to it. And even if I wasn't, you know, swimming in riches and all of this other stuff, like it really was my career. And it it was, I loved it the work that I did. And I'm I was very confident that God called me there. So I'm sure like a question is coming up like, okay, well, if you were so sure that God called you there, then how did you know he was calling you out? And the the short answer for that is that the career was no longer aligning with who I was. There was definitely a clash of identity. And while I I loved what I did and I knew that I was helping people I was beginning to become a person that I did not like. And there's, okay, there's two things that you, that you need to know about me. And I speak these with confidence. Okay. So number one is when I have a passion for something, I am all in, in finding a solution. And if I need to, I will challenge barriers to get there. And there were, there were many barriers when it came to the nonprofit work that I did. Um, not necessarily within the agency, but there was a lot in the community. People not seeing, um, not finding the work that we did to be meaningful. Like there were always barriers. And I was like, always up for the challenge. Like, no, you know what? This is important work. We need to talk about it. So I was really big at embracing the Goliaths, I guess you could say, that came within the work. But this also, down the road, included the Goliaths that were within the agency. And the second thing is, I am certain that God has called me to be an advocate. And advocacy can can look very different. You can advocate for so many different things. But this has served true in so many parts of my life. In all the positions that I've ever been drawn to, I have always been drawn to helping to support my fellow brothers and sisters, which is honestly why I feel like I was so attracted to coaching because what better opportunity to, it, and it's not, I wouldn't say that coaching is really advocacy, but what better opportunity for you to walk along a person that is in a position of um, unclarity, that is in a position of possible hurt And you're helping and you're walking with them and providing guidance and just allowing God to step in and give them direction and give them the clarity that they've been looking for. And then seeing them have this confidence and take action on something that they may not have thought was possible. Like that is, that is such a gift I love, love, love doing it. I absolutely love coaching. And more importantly, I especially love the work that I'm doing now and working with families and seeing how you can make, you can change generations by helping to heal one person, by helping to guide one person. It's incredible. And towards the latter part of my time at the agency that I was working in, I was working with families and I could, I was beginning to see all these areas where I knew, yes, we, the focus, yes, there there was a big focus on the children, but what if we started working with the parents that were with the children? If we empowered the parents and we gave them the tools that they needed how much more powerful would this impact be on the children since they were with them the most? And part of those seeds of, you know, the work that I do now were planted in that time when I was doing that work. And I realized that there was a lot more desires that I had that I just really couldn't achieve within the scope that I was doing. So, I mean, all, all of these things were kind of coming together, but sorry, I, I kind of, I went off. Not off topic, but I kind of strayed a little bit. But essentially, I really feel like I was called to towards advocacy. And when I started to feel the tension in the workspace, then I when especially in the times that I was beginning to challenge, it was very difficult for me to just dim my passion and just kind of go with the flow. I really was not able to do that well. I tried, but um, it was it was challenging. And so as a result, I started to feel frustrated. And some may argue that my anger was justified because ultimately what I was trying to do was to provide more help to the people that we served and the people that were coming in. However, my behavior then started to manifest itself into things that were just very unchristian and i'm going to put it that way the venting of the frustration was then leading to seek validation and that led to gossiping and you know you you get the point it just kind of goes downhill from there and there was again a lot of good stuff going on with the clients but a lot of ugly in the background and then at the time I was working on my master's. I had a second job for um, about a year. And then I also became a parent. And so I felt when I became a parent, that former feminist of me was really, well, I can never say I was a full feminist. But I've always disliked when people have said that women cannot do certain things in the workforce. That always really ticked me. So I can't say that I was a full-blown feminist by means of what definition of feminism is today. But I, I will have to say that at that time, I really felt like I had to prove I can have children and I could still be here at work and do the things that I did. And so I had that I belong here mentality. And I think you can do both. There's a lot of people that do both. So I don't think it's impossible. But at the the time in the agency, I was the first to have a child while working there. The individuals that had children had them prior to coming into the work. I was the first one to have one within the agency. And granted, people were having children after the fact, but... It was in that beginning stages that I was kind of the first one, and we were all experiencing together. That was hard in itself because, you know, the first people to try something, you know, there's there's hurdles that come along the way, and so I was really battling myself. I I wanted to be a good mom. I knew the mom that I wanted to be, and I knew that I had always wanted to be a mom, but ultimately, my daughter was getting the short end of the stick because it was harder than I thought to prove myself. And friends, it only got worse from there. Now, looking back, I could probably see that in some of these cases, God was planting seeds, and He was allowing things to happen to see if maybe I would, you know, eventually step back. But I had a firm grip on work, and I would definitely say now that there was a lot of pride and insecurity and that this is why I wanted to hold on so bad I was starting to link my identity with my performance and I it was something that I had worked with so far for for such a long time and I wanted a sense of belonging and I felt like if I didn't have that then I didn't belong and that that would mean something bad about myself And I could see that now, but at the time, I I didn't. I was a very, very, very broken person. So I eventually got to the point where I honestly hated myself. I hated going to confession for the same things and yet continuing to fall the day after. Father, I talked, you know, very, I'm very, very lightly quoting here, but Father, I'm sorry, I you know, talked crap about so-and-so again today. I gossiped again today. I did this again today, you know, and it's, I I felt like I sounded like a broken record player, always saying the same thing all the time. And there were part, there was a part of me that was starting to think after I would leave confession. um, Do I even want to change? Because I keep coming to seek forgiveness for the same thing. And it's, I I feel like I'm not changing, and and I see that to be a problem. Fortunately, I had good awareness, but it was very troubling to me that this continued to happen. I was also had gotten to the point where I was praying before I would go to work. I would pray in the car, and it may sound funny, but one of the prayers that I was saying quite often was like, God... Please paralyze my tongue so I don't say something dumb. Like, please, God, help me so I don't, you know, damn my soul because someone upset me, you know? And I, at the time, I can 100% tell you that regulating my emotions, I did not do that well at all. And I, I felt like I was angry all the time. And like I said, the person that was getting the short end of the stick for all of this was my daughter and my justification was uh, my justification of staying was these kids the kids that i'm serving need it more than my children my children will be okay my children have a two parent household they their income bracket is different they are not going through some of the same struggles that these children did they will be okay but these children right here in front of me They need me more than my kids. That was my justification. And then one day, I remember I was sitting in a room and I started crying. I remember I was holding my daughter because she did something and I had been very ungentle with her. So I just sat with her and I just started crying. Trying to console her, crying myself. Parents, you know, you know that feeling, right? And it really hit me. And okay. Okay, never mind. I'm not gonna say that part. It was in that moment that I thought, what if I spend so much time focusing on other children that I lose mine in the process? Why am I bending over backwards for a situation in which I can't create the change I want to see. Why am I doing this? Am I really doing God's will in this point? And I knew in my heart that I wasn't because I knew that God was not going to call me to do his work, you know, out in the community and that it was going to hurt my parenting as well. Um, and like I said, could there be a balance? Yes, but it was very difficult in the situation that I was in to do that. I don't want to go into detail because the purpose of this episode is not to talk any type of ill towards my former um, employment. That is not the purpose of this. I will own to the to the things that I did and that's all I can. Um, and I think there's a lot of things that we could learn from here. But that the, the purpose is not for me to give you examples of how certain things went about. But I do want to say it was it was challenging for me to create that balance. And then in December of 2021, I had a conversation with my husband about leaving. And mind you, I have I had talked to him about leaving many, many times for years before. But this time I told him like I want to create a plan to leave. And he was like, okay. And I knew at that point when I said like I I want to create a plan, I knew I couldn't go back. But of course, you know, the thoughts come in, the intrusive thoughts One of them was, What are they going to think about me? Are they going to say, like, oh, she can't handle it? She's just quitting because she can't do both. Or she's just quitting because she can't do her job. Um, This part may or may not have happened anyway, but (laughs) regardless, how are we going to make it with one income? At the time, and I, my husband wouldn't mind me telling you this, but we were we were two incomes, but my income was was the higher income, and so not only were we going down to one, we were removing the bigger income that was providing. How were we going to make it? It almost felt irresponsible to leave, even if I was going through mental and emotional and spiritual anguish it felt irresponsible because what am I going to do with my family? And not that I really wanted to get another job. There was a lot of other thoughts around that too, but I was like, who would possibly want me? If I do have to go to work, what other place is going to hire me? I, I'm i very confident in the work that I could do, but one of the things I don't like about the workforce is that sometimes Employers have this idea that you need to have a certain degree to do certain things. And I'm not comparing between bachelor's and masters. I'm saying within the fields, that only certain fields will get it. And I think that's the biggest load of lies ever. I don't believe that's true. And in my own, you know, employment I proved that while I had a very different field than some of my other colleagues, I was able to still do my work and I was able to do it well. I think your field provides a perspective, but I don't think it means you're better than someone else. That's my perspective. But I knew that finding another job in what I really would want to do would be very difficult. And then what if I'm making this decision completely off of emotion? What if I was just being a brat and I wasn't getting my way and my answer was just to quit? What if I'm just being too emotional and too sensitive? this was not the case. Um, but that did cross my mind. What if I'm just a quitter? What if I truly can't hang because it gets hard and I quit? I knew this was a lie because for sure there were so many times that things were hard and I was still there. <laughs> so it, it just, I knew that was a lie, but I did think like, well, maybe I'm just a quitter. Maybe I'm just supposed to slave away and try to make it happen at all costs. You know, do it for the kids. And then my other thought was, I am a poor representation of working moms. I had this, like I said, strong belief that women can also be in the workforce. And if I quit, what message does that send? as if i was the spokesperson for working moms but it was like if i quit i'm letting the workforce win i am saying no i can't do both and so all of these thoughts were just really kind of getting me stuck in going back and forth but if we're if we're looking at the tone of all of this if we're looking at the voice me continuing to stay in a place that was clearly not bringing me closer to God, even if I was doing good work, but my actions in-house were not very good, who would want me to believe, who would want me to stay in a place where I was sitting? Who would want to guilt trip me and make me think that I had to stay in a place where my actions were not reflective of who I was? Who would want me to think that I was sensitive and a crybaby and a quitter if I left? It would be the devil. So (sighs) these were all lies, and yet it was still challenging. And we are actually going to stop right here, and we're going to create a part two, which will also come out the same day, but... We're going to start. We're going to take a quick pause and I'm going to come back and create a part two. So stay tuned because it gets juicier from here. All right, guys, catch you in a bit.